Yo, what up? Welcome to the Men of Purpose podcast. I am your host, Desi Abeda, proud father, husband, Latino dietitian, entrepreneur, and thought leader. This podcast is meant to help all my guys out there, all these fathers and future fathers, work to navigate their life and their health in a different way. Tackling confidence, being able to get to a point where you're living your most authentic self and and in doing so, learning ways and tactics from a nutrition perspective, from a health perspective, and from a mental health perspective. And so we are so excited for you to be on here. So as you come on, get your notepads out, make sure you dial into the Mental Purpose Podcast. Let's get it. Yo, what is good, everyone? Man, (laughs) your host, Des, here. It has been a motherfucking minute. You know, I I had every intention, you know, we, we got some big news coming up too, and I'll obviously kind of talk about it a bit more throughout the podcast, uh, really just celebrating the, the Men of Purpose podcast and, and so many things. I had decided uh, quite some time ago as I was kind of like seeing an evolution of myself, not only just as a podcaster, but a person, an entrepreneur, uh, a dietitian, a father, like I, I'm finding that I'm coming across this evolution. And as I was coming across it, I was looking at my current projects and I was like, okay, like what are some of the things that I really want to make sure that I'm, I'm being authentic to, and I'm really making sure that I'm, I'm standing in alignment with the messaging and everything else. And, and one of the things was this, this podcast, right? And so, you know, I had decided to, to close out season three, uh, ended up, doing a clip show because I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Like, you know, any of the shows, like for me personally, Seinfeld is up there. Always sunny in Philadelphia. Friends is up there for me. Um, new girl, uh, the office, you know, the times that those, those shows have done clip shows where there's just the highlights I've always really loved. And so when I was thinking about closing out season three, I was like, all right, it'd be kind of cool to do a clip show. And I think this will be a really cool momentous moment kind of going through just past things that we've talked about in the pod and, and really just seeing an evolution of the messaging and, and everything else. And so, uh, so this will be, um, dun, 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 uh, this will actually be the last episode of the men of purpose podcast. And before we kind of dive into the content, I just personally want to reach out and, and give you all daps, man. Like for me, you know, for our day ones in here who started in season one, uh, just some backstory. I overthought this project, for, for so many years. And it was ridiculous the amount of time that I spent in trying to make it perfect, which was crazy to me too, because if I'm someone who t- constantly talks about taking messy action, I mean, th- this was one of those areas from an imposter syndrome standpoint, like th- that I could just not figure out. I, I bought courses, uh, my, my boy, Matt Frakes, who I'm going to give a big shout out, obviously, when we sort of talk about it, you know, him and I, collabed on this project probably about a year and a half before we even actually sat down to record and dropped it. And I just overthought it. And and I think in so many ways, I just want to thank you all for giving me the courage um, and the love that you all have been able to to really spread out to me of like encouraging me and uh, giving me feedback. And there's just so many things that I'm just so thankful for. And, and, and really in a lot of ways, as this is our last episode, as we transition to, and I'll talk a bit more as we're done here, um, once we get done with our clip show, uh, one of the things that I, I, I'm just so thankful to you all, right? And so thank you so much. This is not so much the end of what I'm going to be doing, but this will be our last episode of the Men of Purpose podcast, because we will be uh, working on a new podcast venture, if you will, uh, new branding, new messaging, 
things like that. So it's something I'm, I'm really excited to, to be able to take part in. And, and really in a lot of ways, it's, it's pushing and it's, pr- and it's promoting me to, to be the own hero in my hero's journey and to help and describe and tell stories of other people's heroes journey. So we'll talk about what that looks like uh, towards the end of this pod, but without further ado, let's celebrate, uh, let's celebrate the podcast. Let's celebrate our listeners here. Let's celebrate all of you because uh, you've been amazing. You've given us content ideas and over this past year, I mean, everyone can agree like 2020 has been freaking nuts. So in so many ways, uh, this is a culmination a celebration of really tough times and coming together and, and staying authentic to our message. So um, I hope you guys enjoy. All right. So season one, uh, the biggest all-star episode that I thought kind of going through uh, was when our boy Matt Frakes was, was on with us. Uh, man, shout out to you, bro, if you're listening to this. Uh, it was episode number two. So it was a day after Kobe Bryant, uh, the news of Kobe Bryant had, had come out, him and um, Gianna. So you know, it, it was the day after and we labeled it Kobe dads and fatherhood. And I think one of the biggest things that we found throughout talking about the episode was really reflecting on not only him as an athlete, but him as a girl dad, you know, him as a father and what it means to really lead your household and what it means to truly honor that Mamba mentality. And so uh, we have a little clip uh, within our clip show, about a 10 minute clip of our conversation in season one. So this is episode two, season one. Uh, after this is done, I'll, I'll chime in with, with season two and what that's all about. Thanks for listening, guys. Because the accumulation of all these, of not just this, but also personal as well. Um, and it brings back a lot of memories and flashbacks as far as what happened personally, just going through. And it's, I don't know, man. Um, it's just trying to decipher everything. And I'm also still learning a lot of history yeah. that has not been described or told, especially coming in, up through school, you know, yeah. in academics. As it hasn't been talked about, has not been talked about, man. And that's, and that's honestly, in my opinion, a lot of why we're at still facing the same problems and complications our ancestors did, you know, um, it's now, don't get me wrong. It's nowhere near as, what it is as far as slavery, but how it's, but as the system was built though, is continued yeah. to oppress and also um, withhold information, you know, as well, or you'll have to actively seek the information in order to just even be knowledgeable. So that way you can continue to reflect and move forward from it. We have not been able to yeah. do so because it has not been passively brought to us to know like, okay, this is the history of our country. This is the history of how things have been established. Um, and this is actually how it happened. Not a, uh, we want to withhold this um, in fear of, you know, um, in fear of, you know, driving somebody angry or emotionally uh, distraught or uh, bringing up too much pain or just entirely of, what as we see the navigation of the systemic racism, racism that we see as some group of another individuals being more superior than another group, you know? So it's just, it's just going through with all those thoughts and processing it and just even how I can just, even as a man and also as a father um, in my position as well as being a black father too um, and being a black man at the end of the day, but you know, not but and my family being diverse in itself within the household, um, yeah. you know, with my wife being white and also my son, honestly, not 
looking, he doesn't look like me. He's not as he's a lot lighter than me and his hair is paper straight, you know? So he's probably not going to have to deal with a lot of stuff that me, my friends, my brothers dealt with. And don't get me wrong. And even my brothers and I, because we're lighter complected too, there's a lot of things too that I wasn't having to deal with until they counted me as like, oh, never mind. You might be just as black as the people that you're with right now. So hold on. What are you doing here, boy? You know, certain things like that, you know? So it's just, it's just brought, it just brings up a lot, man. It brings up a lot. So, but at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of things, the the reason why I'm able to continue forward and handle through, because again, as I continue to always say, there's a lot of things that happened in my past that has built me to be able to withstand it. And no matter how tired I am, it will be a disservice not to communicate and not to speak and not to do whatever I can do to help, you know, and there may be, and there's still some things I, like I said, I still have to learn even on our end and even on the other end as well from different viewpoints that people are communicating with. Cause a lot of people just don't know as if there's a lot of things that we don't know about our own histories. So, and it's just controlling those emotions to be able to have that effective communication. Yeah. Speaking passionately, but controlling that anger that you have in order to have an effective communication with the other individual that has an opposing viewpoint. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and I think, you know, if, if I'm kind of thinking about it too, we were kind of talking about this off air. And, you know, man, I, I've lived in Arizona and New Mexico my whole life. Uh, to me, I grew up with a lot of Latinos, a lot of black people, and um, obviously a, a mixture of white and maybe maybe some other races. But I, I I felt growing up and even right now with where I'm living, I have felt that I am in a diverse bubble. Mm-hmm. And it honestly didn't even recognize to me that we had issues um, until – you know, speaking with uh, shout out diversified dietetics with Tamara and Deanna um, about what's love going y'all. on in our field. Love y'all. Yeah, yeah, love y'all 100%. I, we, we, uh, we love you guys. Um, it really caused me to start thinking a bit more uh, intuitively about, well, hold on, what's going on outside of my diverse bubble? And so that honestly, four years ago, maybe when I first connected with them, that caused me to start thinking about uh, my role, not only in, in the realm of dietetics, but also. Uh, where I stand on on some of these issues, and as I'm thinking about it, you know, I'm not black. Um, as a as a Latino, um, what really gets brought up for me is uh, the social construct to which um, we have been set up uh, to not be as successful, to fail. Really, um, you know, we're we're an hour away from the border of Mexico, right? Where right where I am, and and I hurt for the immigration issue, and I hurt for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexican children getting taken away from their families and put up in some podunk hotel here in Tucson. Uh, I see it all the time and it, I can't even imagine that. And I think that the emotion that I feel with all of this is that this social construct that has happened uh, has not set us up to to be successful. And the thing that has been really painful is um, to see obviously everything that is going on. And this whole time with my social platform, um, that I have not had a voice that I have not, uh, taking the time to educate myself. So now that this stuff is happening, I'm diving into this education. And I think Matt, you brought up something that's really important. Regardless of where you stand on the viewpoints of 
how people should be protesting, rioting, what is going on. Um, I think it is our social responsibility to, one, act out of love. And if we do have differences of opinion, to approach those conversations with safety, with vulnerability, and with people that you trust. Because I will be the first to say, you're probably seeing a lot of this too, um, firing off on Facebook, firing off on social media just because you are hurt. Um, there's other ways to do this. And I feel like we are continually presenting a divide between healthy communication and just spinning out of anger and pain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is a painful thing to see because to me, like, and this kind of brings up like our role, not only with what we're doing professionally, but also like in our home. And so I wanted to ask you, Maddie, like, how do you approach this conversation with Kingston? How do, how do, how do I approach this conversation with Rory? Because um, they are multiracial children. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. and you're right. Like having seen your beautiful young boy, like he is, he is light skinned, blonde hair. Like I think he has blue eyes. Yeah, he, don't, he don't look, he don't look like he got an ounce of black in him at all. So yeah. until, until you see that on, on his birth certificate, he's checked off as mixed. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, like how do we have these conversations? Cause on one end, like the other thing that I want to do to our listeners right now, who are, who those are going to see our, the, the live feed for our video is one to validate the pain um, is one to validate the confusion because uh, I, I feel the same things um, to see what's going on in the riots and the protest. It, it hurts. Um, it hurts that I think I saw this the other day, like rioting is um, it's the language of the unheard. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I feel that 100%. Um, and when others comment, why are they rioting? It's like, what happens to a bully that continue, continually bullies you? One day you got to punch him in the mouth. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So for you, like, how do we approach this with the next generation? Honestly, um, and I keep, whenever I engage in, in, in conversation, or address certain statements as well because it's been too long to where I let things slide because I, I'm because I'm fearful of what it's going to do to me professionally. Yeah, I'm already at a disservice. I'm already at a uh, already at a you know at a point to where I, I'm not. I don't look 100% Caucasian for one. For two, I'm in a if in a field where there's only what 2.6% of us. Um, yeah. And what I mean by us is uh, black or African-American, um, which I personally say black. And at that, there's only one other black male that I see that's a sports dietitian at a power five conference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, whenever I engage in these conversations and or address certain statements in a respectful manner and then also supporting those statements or whatever I state, to see, okay, asking them one, why, what will that, what's the solution to that? What are you telling us as far as like uh, your, your point of view and what does that conclude to, you know, or um, how did you get that information? And there's a lot of yeah. things you have to correct on those things too. So in my, in my situation, I, I'm trying to the best of my ability control as far as emotionally, because that's how one as as a black man, but 
probably I can speak to this personally. My father always taught us how to suppress emotions because there's way you have to carry yourselves. You can't come off as a threat. And I posted this, posted this too, of how we was raised. Um, can't come off as a threat. Um, you're you're going to have to work a million times harder than the next person in front of you um, just to get the same smallest, smallest opportunity, you know, yeah. you know, that they would have just had one either handed to them or the individual prior to them and their families, you know, it had to set up for them to continue that on generationally, you know, as aware, like I keep, like I keep saying first generation on everything in my direct immediate family. I have cousins who are, you know, successfully academically for sure. hundred percent. Yo, yo, what's up guys. Men of Purpose listeners, Men of Purpose podcast, host Desi here. I hope you enjoyed that episode. You know, it was probably one of my favorites because, you know, the more that I understood Kobe Bryant, not only just as as an athlete, but just from the mindset perspective and the fatherhood perspective, you know, he continues to be someone that I still watch videos on. And so I'm glad that you all got to take part in, in, in that moment. So here's season two. You know, one of the all-star episodes was something that... Um, you know, during this time, especially in 2020, this was an emotional time, you know, and a lot of things, um, a lot of past conditioning, a lot of past messages were being challenged. I mean, so this is post George Floyd. And so Matt and I, as men of color, dietitians of color, people of color, we really wanted to tackle this, you know, because we are uh, married to white women and we have mixed race children. And so for us, it was really about you know, how do we want to talk about race? You know, how do we want to continue the conversation, not only in our home, but continue the conversation in our community and to use our voices in a way where we're challenging systemic racism. We're challenging these messages that don't serve towards the overall goal of truly loving one another for our differences. And that's such a hard thing to do, right? And, and, and because oftentimes in my experience, you fear what you don't understand. And so if you are someone who has not done their own work, it's unfortunate that right away judgment happens, right away fear happens. And usually when people are fearful and they don't have skills, they don't know how to communicate that in the best of ways. And I think in, in so many ways over this past year, we found that. I mean, for some of us who have had to move away from friends family members, colleagues that were completely racist, right? And, or that weren't able to do their own work, had a great deal of fragility. It's very likely that we had to move away from those people, which is, which is really hard, right? And so in, in season two, our, our big episode here is continuing the conversation with our kids, hashtag BLM. You know, Matt and I talked about the research behind what we're finding in uh, childhood development and a little bit of critical race theory of, of kind of tapping into, you know, what do we want to teach our kids? What does the research say about kids and how they view differences? And so I thought it was such a really great, a really great episode of us really diving into that. So uh, here's a small snippet of, of this really difficult, yet emotional, yet necessary episode that, again, you know, shout out to my, my boy, Matt Frakes here. Um, brother, I appreciate you if you're listening to this, man. And thank you to our Men of Purpose podcast listeners uh, to be able to have these com uncomfortable conversations because they need to continue to be had. I hope you enjoy. And then being and being one of the few households that had their dad, I think uh, probably out of my closest friends, you know, it was a solid probably nine of us. 
out of my closest friend, I think it was like three of us that actually had our fathers there. And, and Pops was like, um, and I'm saying like uh, their father figure. Yeah, and just yeah. Father I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I do. My, my dad was literally everybody's dad. Yeah. Yeah. He was everybody's dad. If he messed up, he didn't care who you was. If you was associated with us and you was one of our friends, and if you came over to the house, you stayed the night you ate. <laughs> yeah. Come here, son. Yeah. <laughs> talk to you real quick. Yeah. Let me talk to you real quick. So it's just those things like that, man. It's being present, the value of being uh, of presence, no matter what you have going on. Like you have to suck that up. I don't care what you yeah. don't care if you have three jobs. I don't care how tired you are. I don't care what you have going on. You need to suck that up yeah. because at the end of the day, that is what's important to them is the consistency of seeing their father figure. Yeah. You know, that consistency is what matters to them the most. So, and there's some things that like, again, you cannot control depending on what the situation is between you and the individual that you had those children with or that child with. Yeah. You know, but as much as you can, what you can control, that's what you control. And that's what you need to do. And you need to be there. And that's the biggest thing that's important to them through my eyes. And that's what I'm definitely going to make sure that I'm doing as well is being present, yeah. being present, having those conversations, no matter how tired you know, just playing with toys or whatever they are passionate. I don't care if he's going to be a, a, an, uh, an art or whatever dude decides yeah. to do, whatever my kids decide to do, I'm just going to be there. Yeah. No, no, man, I, I, I love that. You know, my, my dad and I joke a lot about this, this moment. And in retrospect, if uh, these days, at least, uh, you know, I think that if someone would have seen it, like it would have, it would have went viral. Like this man is crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, but, definitely. So I was, so I, you know, I grew up playing baseball too, man. And, and when I first started in, in T-ball, right. I was afraid of the ball, but I was the catcher and my mm-hmm. dad, you know, he, 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 he suited me up and he was like, okay, Go stand near that gate. I'm going to fire these baseballs at you, and you just need to catch them. What I, what I want to show you is that you're not made of glass, and you're okay. And it might hurt, but it's okay. Uh, that yep. moment, dude, I, again, I'm, four, I'm probably Rory's age right now, like almost four or at least five. Like, what's T-ball? I think it's four, actually. Um, yep. I remember that day like, like, it's, like it's yesterday. And my dad and I joke about this, and so um, – you know, when, when we dropped this podcast, it was a really great moment for both of us. And we both celebrated, right? Um, you know, my dad, it, same comment. It was like, son, I'm so proud of you. You know, I, <laughs> maybe the, you being the catcher back in the day really uh, pushed you forward to just do some scary freaking things. And, I, <laughs> and I, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and, I, and I love that, that, whole, that whole concept of just being present. Like if you're, if you're unable to and you're working, like you said, three jobs or you're tired, like suck that shit up immediately. Right. right. Uh, again, you can be imperfect in this process, but if you know that this is an area of growth, Suck the F up immediately. <laughs> yeah, man. Gotta suck that up, man. You have to suck those things up, man. There should there should there's 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 literally there's no excuse. That's just you being lazy. Yeah. If you can control it and you not there, nah. Yeah. There's no excuse. In my eyes, there's no excuse. You know? Yeah. And, and you know, that's again, they're playing going back to Kobe here, like they're they're playing these videos of him you know, teaching her the game and, and being there and playing with her. And man, I just, my, my, my heart breaks, uh, for, for the family, dude. I, my, my heart breaks for, um, really what the, what the culture has, has gotten the opportunity to lose out on because, you know, we, we were talking off air, like the, my, my mindset 
at this point with, with where I'm at, not only just in my business, but as a father, as a husband, as a, as a human, you know, my mindset mm-hmm. is my biggest asset or liability. And so the past three, four months, I've really been uh, priming a lot of my morning routine and just trying to make sure that I'm, I'm stepping into positivity, whether it be through gratitudes or consuming positive content um, and not just trying to like jump on IG and just zone the F out early in the morning with text messages right. or calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of what I've been consuming, to be honest, has been Kobe. It has been this Mamba mentality, which honestly, when he was in his heyday, I, I, I had heard the term. But I didn't know what it meant. I didn't dive into why it meant that. I just thought, oh, uh, I know that the it's a Mamba snake, right? Like the, the snake is one of the deadliest <laughs> out there. Like I just, because he's, he's a crazy athlete. <laughs> he's dope. Oh yeah. I, but as oh, I, yeah. as I dive into a lot of his content, man, you know, even with him retiring, he found fulfillment after retirement, man. He found yep. that. And, you know, I was, I was doing a live the other day and, and I'm still learning, man. I, and I love our, our Facebook group, you know, Men of Purpose Nutrition, shout out uh, on Facebook. You know, I, I love our community because I don't know about you, but it, it, it helps me to be accountable for what I'm talking about because mm-hmm. I'm going to preach these things. Like I need to, I need to make sure that I'm doing them. The thing that I was talking about the other day was, you know, one way to, to adhere to at least caring for yourself is to find fulfillment. So if you're, yep. if you're in a job, especially for our listeners right now, if you're in a job that you hate, you're, you're responsible for that. <laughs> you're responsible. Yeah. You got, you got to switch it up then change it, make it happen, you know, make it happen. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's, that's another reason why I love that group too. Cause we all come from different shapes, sizes, and walks of life, you know, and everything mm-hmm. uh, within our group. Um, and by all means, please join, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's please, beautiful. It's, it's some great conversations coming out of that. And it helps me rethink things also kind of how I was, you know, to, or how we grew up as well between me and my brothers. Um, and to, you know, restructure some things. Uh, and not to say that how I was raised, how I was raised was wrong. Nothing was wrong about how I was raised, but you know, it's just like some things too, as far as like not being allowed to cry. Cause we was never allowed to cry. Mm-hmm. I'm never allowed to cry. It was seen as soft. You don't cry in this house. Are you crying right now? Like things like that, you know, don't, you can't cry. Crying is soft. Absolutely not. That's not going to happen. It's not going to fly. You see what I'm saying? We're going to chuck yeah. those tears. That's, that's why I think that carries on now. Like it's very hard for me to get, I may be emotional about something, but it's very hard for me to cry. Like I, like when I, when, even when pops passed, it wasn't until the day of, and maybe a couple of those nights were out where we was his caregiver and you see him just deteriorating, you know what I'm saying? Losing everything yeah. that I was that some tears, a couple of tears are rolling down, you know, but then in a sense, I always see that in the back of my mind that, no, nah, you can't cry no matter what's going on. But there's things like that that I want to teach Kingston, like, okay, it's, it, be comfortable with your emotions yeah. See what I'm saying? Be comfortable with your emotions. Talk about it. But it is one thing, though, to just, just when I mean by cry about something, you not getting your way, things like that, it's things yeah. I can't stand. Like, absolutely yeah. not. That's not going to fly. Yeah. But if you're emotional about something, man, you know, embrace those emotions, but continue on about your day yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So, no, man, it's, uh, I, dude, I'm a crier. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. 
I, I, I cried twice today. <laughs> like I, Just I 100%. Um, yeah, it was funny because, you know, my, so I got, I got three brothers and a sister. So there's five of us. My sister's the youngest. And so from the day that she came, you know, in this earth, she was the greatest blessing. And also like, we also didn't know how to interact with her because you, you know, you do some of the same things you do to each other. She's like, bolted to her room crying and it's like, damn, I just effed up right now. And it's trying to find that balance of like, okay, like how do I interact with this? And now like, I feel like it just primed me with Rory because, um, you know, even when she is doing the same things, Matt, that you just talked about, like if she's crying about something, it's also my responsibility to take a deep breath because I need to set the example. I need to get on her level and ask her like, Hey, will you please use your words? And to me, dude, it is the most, fruitful thing god man it just it makes me feel like i'm doing something right in the world <laughs> when she has these moments and i'll i'll take a deep breath and then she'll take it with me like that in itself is just dude it's just regulation to me it's like yeah. oh my god what i'm doing like even a little bit is working and i think that in itself man when you're able to set that example of just like you said being present you know, if I'm super distraught or if I'm working my ass off and I'm not there, like she doesn't know me. And that's the same thing for a lot of our listeners, man. Like even if it's the small instances where you can help them brush their teeth, you know, exactly. read them a book before bed, like it, yep. it doesn't matter. Like make something yours, especially, you know, as dads, you know, there's, there's more research and culturally it's being more accepted that, you know, it's, it's more of a, a shared experience now versus like, oh, the women are going to go do this and this is what they do. No, no, no. Like right, right now, like the modern man is helping out. Like there's, there's a lot more that's happening and, you know, we have a lot more responsibility. Like go take that responsibility, like help out, be, be an equal partner, just like you had said, Matt. And that in itself is going to just help your, your kids just from a legacy standpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and also the other thing is too, man, fatherhood is, dra- being a father is draining, you know, for yeah, mental stability. Yeah, yeah. For, for you to have mental, you know, sanity as well, it's just, it, it, it's very, it's healthy to ensure that you are, you know, letting these things out and letting your children know that it's okay to talk about their situations or how they feel and how they want to express their situations about it. Now it's a difference between now if they're getting disrespectful on the other hand, yeah, obviously that's where, you know, you got to lay some ground rules. Yeah. Yeah. And, and discipline on whatever you decide to do. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, but in the sense that you got to make sure that they are understanding that it's okay to, as far as what express their emotions and those emotions, they got to, they got to see, okay, if, if this emotion is going to either hinder me from being better or is this emotion going to allow me to become a better individual? Because yeah. like I said, they're a sponge. And the same thing with you. If you're bringing home what you have to deal with professionally at work, yeah, like that's on you. Like, and, I, and I tell my wife all the time, like if it's, if it's times where it seems like I'm, you know, very frustrated or in a sense, not myself because I got so much going on in my mind, you know, rather it's academically or professionally as well, then let me know because I need to check myself in those situations because yeah. I, I, that stuff don't need to be brought home at all yeah. whatsoever. Yo, what up? Host Des here once again. I uh, hope you enjoyed that episode. Yeah, it's, it's, 
it's tough to have these conversations. And at the same time, they're necessary. You know, if something like this is creating some discomfort within you, it might be something to check out for yourself. You know, I can't be the judge of that. <laughs> Only you can. Uh, these conversations are, are really hard and they're absolutely necessary. So I, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. And once again, shout out to our guy, Matt Frakes, for helping to develop this amazing podcast and and to be able to to share this space with him in season one and season two. So now we move on to season three. You know, this was when the, this was probably this was the actual uh, time that I went solo with the pod. And so for me, it was it was really momentous because I kept and I said this in the beginning, I kept trying to overthink this. I kept trying to think like, well, I need to have guests on like who's going to want to listen to me. Can I even do this consistently? And so for myself, like this is just another really great moment or series of moments that I kind of just put myself out there. And so again, to our listeners out there for our day ones and people who even just started listening season three, I have so much love and respect for you all. Thank you so much for, for giving it, lending an ear and letting this, uh, this dude just be able to, to pour his heart out and to talk a bit more about what it means to be purposeful for a men of purpose out there. So it's with season three, uh, I wanted to episode 30 with my guy, Jared Saavedra, you know, a little bit of background, on him is, uh, you know, him and I grew up uh, competing against each other in AAU basketball uh, at a very young age. I think I probably the first time that I played him was maybe when I was 11, um, probably younger than that. Damn, I want to say like like eight or nine when I started playing AAU basketball. But we've been able to keep in touch since I moved from Albuquerque to Tucson, Arizona, which I reside still. And we connected in adulthood and both of us being entrepreneurs, being in the fitness space, you know, we had a really great conversation. And the title of this this episode is Why Investing in Yourself is the Best ROI. And we dove into reasons why, you know, putting yourself out there and investing in yourself is going to give you the best return on investment because that's where all the chips are on you. And that's where being uncomfortable and that's where getting guidance, getting coaching, getting mentorship. And it's just, it's something that's so important. I've said this before and I'll continue to say it, you know, every single freaking day that I can jump on this mic, but no successful person has ever done it alone. And because success is in the details, we can find a lot of these successful people out there finding mentorship, finding community, finding, uh, finding people that they can relate to. And so I really love the conversation. I figured it would be a good way to end season three uh, on such a really great note. So I hope you enjoy this episode and then I'll come chime back in once it's done. Cause I, I think that part is important too, man. It's, it's kind of, it's, yeah, it, it kind of gives people a look into like, you can create this lifestyle design, you can create this lifestyle that you're really proud of, but don't get it twisted. Like you're going to have to work. Okay. Um, so I want to, so Jared, I want to touch on that. Cause you talked about, like you said you had 27 coaches. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So, uh, talk to our listeners out there about some of the things that you're seeing that young, not so, I don't want to say young, uh, let's say, let's say new entrepreneurs, new people looking to navigate a big dream. Uh, what sort of mistakes are you seeing that they are making? So for us, the biggest mistake I believe with our young coaches is that they are kind of depending on their own, on their own looks, their own physique, um, as opposed to actually posting about their clients. Oh, good. You know what I mean? 
And, you know, we have some, again, we have some coaches that look great. They're in shape themselves. They, they look awesome. And, but every single post that they put is about themselves wearing, you know, little clothing and, you know, that's fine as well. I mean, that's, that's, you know, you practice what you preach. I think that's great. Yeah. But at the same time, they don't, they don't add a lot of value to other people. So when those people yeah. look at them, they, you know, they either, you know, get kind of turned off because they believe that, you know, this person is all about them or, you know, they get intimidated. So it doesn't really help. So every time I have, you know, these, these consultations with these, these younger coaches, it's like, Hey, like, how are you adding value to other people? I don't see you yeah. post your clients or the results that they're getting, you know, social proof is huge. It is. Uh, if you're just posting about yourself and, you know, your own physique, like, don't be surprised when, you know, you're not going to have as many people, you know, interested in your services because you don't show that you, you don't, you're not really proving that you work with a lot, you, you work with people, just yourself, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it's getting them out of that mindset. And I do give a lot of them credit because, okay. they, you know, they do have a lot of videos and, and really, you know, cool graphics. And a lot of these like this entrepreneur like marketing, like it's it's pretty cool. But it's like, man, if you can just like put those things together and, you know, have the aesthetic that you're looking for, along with actually adding value, like bringing it together, you're going to be so much further ahead than I definitely was at that time. Yeah, um, that's way so good. Man. So it's really it's really that that, that I yeah. What about you? What do you think? Uh, well, I, I would say definitely that. Um, I that wasn't my my first thing. Um, my first thing was uh, attributing your success to either your following, the amount of engagement that you have. Like I think that's where people mess up because just having shared the space with with a lot of people, you're absolutely right. You know if if you are showing your life enough where people can actually connect with you and you're providing value where you're solving people's problems. I think that's the big thing. And and for me, when I first started my Instagram account and ended up, it's funny. So when I, when I purchased my first uh, like coaching mastermind, uh, I was actually in Atlanta, which is, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And it was about following. And I was like, no, like I want 10 K followers. Like that's, that's what I want. And I went from like focusing way more on the, on the metrics into focusing more on people, you know, cause we, uh, you know, the time that this is going to air is going to be, um, next week, whatever day that lands on next Friday. Um, but we're going to have one that launches tomorrow where we discuss some similar things where it's like coaches, people out there providing value, like you're missing out on people, you're missing out on actually connecting. And so dude, I, I love that you mentioned that because I, I, I do see that a lot. So let me ask you a little bit more on that, Jared. So do you think, why do you think that happens? Why do you think people are too lost in like how they should look versus how they should make people feel? Well, I think, I think it's a, it's a sense of insecurity it truly is. It's, it's just not knowing, you know, you feel inside maybe that, Hey, I don't know as much as some of these other, you know, experienced veteran coaches or trainers mm -hmm. that I need to like really show my strength. And my strength right now is the way I look, you know, and there's people who yeah. want to look the way I do. So I, I need to put as much value as I can um, into yeah. that. But what they're not seeing is like, when you put yourself into a category like that, you're going to always compete against other people who also look great. And, and then what, you know, there's always going to be someone who looks a lot better than you, you know, there's yeah. just 
just the way it is. That's, that's totally fine. But if yeah. you're able to, again, like invest in, in, you know, your knowledge and experience as much as you did about your, your own self and your own physique, then obviously those things would, would go hand in hand, but you brought up a good point about the following. And again, that's another thing I see for sure is that we're, there's, you know, young entrepreneurs are so obsessed with, you know, the aesthetics of their page and, you know, and, and I get it that they're, you know, algorithm, like obviously, it's important. yeah, it is, yeah. it is important. It is important. I won't, I won't knock that whatsoever. Um, but every single photo has to be an aesthetic, you know, that has to look the same and, and do all these things. And, you know, that's whatever to me. And, and it's funny, like one coach, we had a good conversation. It was a couple of weeks ago. And on one of his posts, I'm like, Hey, like it, it was him. And he was like flexing while he was training, right. Or working out. And I'm like, how many, how many DMs did you get? How, mu- how much interest did you get from this photo? And he got like 2000 likes on it. Right. And, and he's like zero. And I'm like, Oh, that's weird. And then I show him like one of mine. That's like not aesthetic whatsoever. It is like, I just wrote text on a, on a black yeah. background, but I'm trying to give as much value as I possibly can. And I'm like, man, I get 50 likes, but I get two messages on here. What yeah. is at the end of the day, what's more important? Your, your 2000 likes with zero interest or a fit, you know, a 50 like one with two people actually writing and wanting to know a little bit more about you and what you do. Yeah. Day, which one is, is, is more valuable. Yeah. So, and a lot of them don't realize that it's like, man, you're, you, you are in such a good spot with, you know, with the social media, you know, so many different platforms around this time. Like if we had these platforms back when, you know, we were in high school and, you know, if we had TikTok in high school, that, that would have been, that would have been <laughs> wild, you know, we'd have so many followers that it'd be ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're lucky that, you know, to, to, to have a privilege of, of being able to, to market themselves. And when we didn't get that kind of coming along in this industry. And at that time it was like, you know, the people who had their head down in the trenches were the ones that were like the most, you know, highly respected. And it's just not that way anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, I, I feel like, and I've said this to people before, I feel like we're living in a really cool time. Um, Cause it's funny, my wife is like totally anti-social media and it, we always joke like, yo, you know what I do, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we connected, you and I connected back on. Yeah, social exactly. Media. And I wouldn't have known what you were doing until, uh, unless your, your aunt was like, Hey, I got to connect you with Dez. I'm like, I know Dez. <laughs> yeah. Right. She's like, do you know, Jared, like Jared, what? Cerveja was like, wait, what? <laughs> yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. So it is just about using it, you know, intentionally for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, cause I think in a lot of ways people kind of get lost in, and this goes back to like, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. Like I've heard people complain about oh, like, I never heard that before. Social media is this oh, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, like th- that's on you. That's on your people that you follow people that you like. The algorithm is catering to your vibe, ma'am or sir. Like, yo, get, step, like get better. Like, I don't even know what else to say to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I don't know about you. Like that, that's not how my feed looks. I don't, I don't coordinate with anyone who I don't, I don't, they don't pass the vibe check. Like there's just mm-hmm. no chance. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that stuff is super important, man. Cause I, I feel like in a lot of ways people get lost in things like that. And I'm like, man, this is a beautiful time. You know, I, I, I got to create like my like little studio office, like a studio kitchen. Cause I wanted to do more video work in here. Um, and I came across like the, 
I don't know about you, the plethora of like different business cards that I've had to create that I've just literally wasted money away. Cause like back then when I started the business is like, yo, like you need business cards. You need to try to get flyers. You need to get yourself out there. And now with social media, it's like, yo, I can just post a, a selfie and just a dope caption. And like, there you go. There's, there's my marketing. And that's what people don't understand. Like people want to, to see your life. They want to see that you are showing up authentically as yourself. Cause they want to connect with you. Right. 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 So there's, a di- there's a difference between um, an influencer and someone who actually influences. Right. So what, what would you say, you know, to a young entrepreneur who's who feels a little bit, you know, frustrated, um, you know, during this time where they they feel like the content that they're putting out is just like is just noise. And there's just so many people putting out so much content that they kind of don't know you know, what to do. What, what would you what pieces of advice would you would you give them? Bro, I'm so glad you asked me that question because that that was the next thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, you had a post the other day that was like a conversation. Uh, I don't know if it was an actual, but I'm sure it has been a thousand times. A conversation about like, hey, how much are your coaching programs? And you tell them like, oh my God, that's too expensive. And then like door slam, like, dude, don't talk to me. Yeah. Um, I would say to those people like, hey, if you are lost, invest in yourself, invest in coaching, like do that as early on as you can. Cause I wish that I would have done that a long time ago. I would have had to avoid a lot of blood, sweat and tears of just trying to just guess. Um, cause that's something that I'm seeing a lot too, is like people are just guessing and I'm always like, Hey, invest in coaching, invest in yourself. Um, it's going to be money. All right. It's going to be, uh, an investment of your time. It's going to be a huge sacrifice. I get all that, but if this is something that's really important to you and you want to learn how to do it correctly, Take that money and invest it back in yourself, man. Cause I don't, I don't know about you, but like, I see that a lot, not only just from like clientele asking about programs, but even just young, uh, or new entrepreneurs, like, how do I get to where you're at? Like, it's going to take some time. Like, can you see yourself throwing yourself into this for five years? Cause if you can't, then it's like, you know, this might just be a side hustle and that's okay. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So when I mean, you know, people come and ask me about the, you know, the coaching programs and it's like, man, if you're not willing to invest, if you can't invest $99 a month um, into yourself and, nothing. <laughs> yeah, you're, and you're telling me that you want to open a gym, one, you know, one day, man, th- those two things don't align, you know, yeah. and you talk about coaching and how important it is. And it really is. And I get that there's all of a sudden so many, you know, I'm sure there's people in your field as well you know, so many gurus and, and entrepreneurs that are, you know, putting out these courses that don't even have the experience themselves to do. And I get that, you know, every time I look at my feed or LinkedIn, there's always like a business coach, right? And yeah. so I get that there's a lot of noise there as well. So it is obviously up to the individual to do their research on it. But one yeah. of the best things that you brought it up with coaching, one of the best things I've ever done by far was, was hire a consultant. I had a consultant for three years and I was paying, I was paying her, I think $600 a month. And I spoke to her for 45 minutes a month. That's it. Yeah. She gave yeah. me all the resources. I mean, everything was in front of me. I had all the resources. I had all the processes in, in, in place, but it was up to me to do the work. And so yeah. to me, it was like, okay, that 600 bucks, like, man, that's a lot, but that's two and a half clients. That's two clients, two to three clients. Right. So is it worth it? Absolutely. And since then, I was able to put together, a, you know, an exit strategy on how I was going to be able to keep my business going in, in Albuquerque, be, be able to expand to Atlanta. So it was, you know, an 18 month process to do that. It wasn't just like, hey, I'm going to move to Atlanta in three months. It was like, this is what I want to do. I, want, I need to get from A to B. 
and I need someone who's done something similar before. And yeah. I have to, I have to invest and learn and. And I'm not at a point where I don't want to just guess and do it myself because I could make some really stupid mistakes that I could learn from someone else. So yeah. to your point, I mean, just get a coach, you know, do yeah. your research on them, obviously. Yeah. But get a coach. You will save yourself a ton of time, ton of money and, you know, learn from someone else's mistakes, man. And if you could, you know, learn from them or, you know, gain, you know, more of a network through them, then all power to you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and kind of just to throw monetary like value at, at our listeners out there of like what it costs, like it ranges. Like you said that you were paying six hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my my first big scary investment was a mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. You know, it was is twelve fifty a month, and at the time I was like, "Damn, like ah, that's mm-hmm. that's a lot." But I also had to look at myself and say, like, "Okay, is what you're doing working right now?" One hundred percent no. Uh, are you going to be successful with the way that, with the rate that you're going? Uh, and also like, (laughs) are you going to be married at the end of this? Like you're working way too much right now. You're burning the candle at both ends. Like, is this working? So it it has to go back to being like, okay, is this important? Then we get resourceful. Like we got to figure this out. Cause in the same way, I was the same way. I was like, all right, that's three clients. I got to get three clients to break even right now. Like I can do that. I can definitely do that. And you know, that was, that was two years ago. And, and so I, I think in a lot of ways, man, I, I think for our listeners out there, um, whether it is nutrition coaching, fitness coaching, uh, business coaching, if you have something out there that you're really excited about and really passionate about and you don't know how to do it and you've been struggling with, with it for more than a year or even plus, um, the onage is on you. Now that you're aware, like you are choosing to not navigate this thing that is really important to you. And I think that for a lot of our listeners out there is really important to make sure that you let that sink in a little bit. Absolutely. Because it's it's painful. (laughs) It is. And the other thing that you had mentioned earlier was about, you know, you getting that position as a clinical RD. And that reminded me of exact, I was probably in the same exact shoes that that you were. And when I opened my gym, uh, right after we got married, right when I opened the gym, I didn't really plan for, you know, as far as the budget of, okay, I, when I opened the gym, it was like, okay, we're going to right now I'm making enough to cover like all my bills and all, you know, the, the rent, the lease, all that stuff of, of the space, but nothing zero on top. Right. And so I was like, man, I'm in this crappy position here. And then I ended up, I was like, man, you know, I need, I need something stable, you know, something for the time being just to help me get by. And then I, I picked up a, a part or it was a halftime position at a middle school to teach. No, dude, it was the worst experience of my life. And it was the worst. I I taught for a year and it, dude, it was the worst. And I was like, from here on out, no, no plan B like this. No, like I had to go all in. And yeah, this, this, the stability, you know, the, of it is okay, but this is not what I want to do. It's not something where I want to, you know, go to a bunch of IEPs and all these meetings and all these admin things. I'm like, it's taken away from my focus on my own business. And it was after that point, along with tithing, those two things changed my life completely, you know, as far as my business life. All right. And there we have it. You know, my own version of the clip show, paying homage to all the wonderful shows that I really love when they do like the all-star episodes. Um, they're like my favorite because they go through the highlights, they go through the high moments, the low, the funny moments, you know, depending on the type of show. So, you know, I wanted to do something very similar. You know, th- this is a bittersweet moment, you know, because I-, I think when I started this whole 
this whole venture, you know, I, like I said, I completely overthought it and I had a mentor, uh, shout out Tony Stefan, if, if you're ever listening to this brother, but I had a mentor that really pushed me to start thinking about my messaging and my authentic word to like, you know, who do I feel aligned with right now at the moment and what do I want to do? And so when I first started out, kind of put myself out there trying to create a business, being an entrepreneur and, and all while doing that with juggling a family and a career and, and everything else, like I really felt a connection to dads because I wanted to be that person that I didn't have when I first became a father. I mean, for our, all of our dads out there that are listening or going, you know, going to be dads or people who are in leadership positions in their family. I mean, you don't have to have a kid to be a father. Right. And so, um, I didn't have a whole lot of resources and there's a ton of mom blogs out there. And I found like, whether it was feeding, I knew how to change a diaper because I had very, very young, uh, siblings. So I knew how to do that, but whether that was feeding, how to take care of yourself, all of those things. And that's why I started like, you know, I started on Instagram as like the dad nutritionist. Uh, and then I became uh, fit dad's coach. And so, you know, one of the things that my mentor really pushed me to do was to start speaking to men because I wasn't just speaking to them on the nutrition front. I was speaking to them on why mental health matters. I was speaking to them on why connection to your family matters, why like it's not okay to be a workaholic, right? And why uh, family and work-life balance is a real thing and you find your own semblance of what that means for you. And so I started with all of that. And as I was continuing on, you know, even in our Facebook group, it, it kind of, there was an evolution of the fit perennial helping millennial parents to the men of purpose. And then really finding that a lot of like females and really purpose driven uh, women were reaching out, wanting to join my, my nutrition program. And so I opened that up instead of the men of purpose I opened it up to our purpose nutrition. So it was more inclusive of, of people who really wanted to be purposeful about their health and, and their role in their families and their workplace and everything else. You know, but I kept this alive. I kept the men of purpose alive because I still, still felt that I wanted to speak to the men out there uh, with all the messages of the past three seasons. So fast forward to right now. I mean, I, I came up with the idea of kind of seeing this evolution of uh, not being just this dietitian entrepreneur, but becoming someone that I need to become, uh, not only just for my family and the type of work that I do, but really and truly for myself. I mean, I think for a lot of us who have experienced trauma, um, we really want to become that person that we needed when we experienced that that discomfort, right? And those experiences. And so for me, I'm seeing an evolution in myself and I'm needing to become this person for myself so that the type of work that I do, my family, my marriage, my gosh, prioritizing my marriage, um, prioritizing fatherhood, prioritizing, truly diving into the habits and taking care of myself. And so the past two months, I've been really trying to find a way to, to tell this message. And so, you know, this is where the, the evolution happens, you know, so this will be obviously, like I said, the last, last the very last episode of the Men of Purpose podcast. And what you're going to start seeing is um, more, more of an evolution of, of me and the messaging. And so the name of the podcast is the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. And it's going to be a podcast about heroes' journeys, right? And so we're going to have uh, each and every week, we're going to drop two podcasts. So one, which is centered around high-performing habits, you know, what you can do to become the high performer in your life. So that your family, your work, 
your legacy, all of these things are being worked on. And so that's going to be the first part. So the second part is going to be having guests in there where we are telling stories of triumph. We're telling stories uh, of their hero's journey and the habits that they really dove into and the mindset that you have to be able to cultivate in order to be that hero in your life, in order to be that high performer, that all of the things that, that need your energy need you to become. And so I'm really excited about this venture. I don't know what to expect, but um, for all my guys out there, you know, I don't know if I have any female listeners aside from my mom and maybe my aunts. <laughs> um, but for all those who are listening right now, like, I don't know what this is going to become. Um, but I have always had this, this feeling in, in my heart. And if I get, you know, if I kind of break up a little bit, because I'm really passionate about it, but yeah, I've always had this feeling. Um, in my heart that I was going to be something really special. And when I'm trying to navigate greatness, I, I know that this evolution needs to happen because I, I want to continue to be that high performance mentor for you guys. And in doing so, like I'm, I'm challenging myself to, to, to be uncomfortable. I'm challenging myself to, to send a, a bigger and better message of how to become this hero in your own journey. And so it's really going to be a podcast about the hero's journey, the habits, the turmoil, and the mindset needed to become that hero and that high performer that you need to become in order to feel like you can truly say like, holy shit, <laughs> I, I can't believe I made it, which is why the title of the podcast is I can't believe I made it podcast. Um, so thank you so much for our listeners out there who have been there since day one. Um, I'm so, so, so thankful to be able to share this space with you. And thank you so much for giving me a platform and listening and giving the feedback and everything that you did. Um, I'm excited about this next venture. I don't know what's to come of it, but if I'm betting on myself, which I, I have had to, and that for me is the only way that I can truly become this hero in my own hero's journey. And why I want to tell this story, not only just from my perspective, but truly others' perspectives who are high performers in their life, in their field, in their families, um, is truly just telling you and challenging the high performer and the hero in you um, to give yourself a little bit of grace, to take action on the things that help to keep you fulfilled. And again, for you to become the hero in your own hero's journey. So thank you everyone for listening to the Men of Purpose podcast. I am signing off, your host Des, for the very last time. Uh, first drop of the Can't Believe I Made It podcast will be in July. Thank you guys so much. Peace. Peace.